Welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. I'm Oliver Dowson. Let me be your guide as to how businesses, all kinds of businesses, small and large, can grow, solve their business problems, increase their profits, and grow their value. In these podcasts, we talk to all sorts of interesting people that bring their skills, experience, and insights to all aspects of international expansion. I hope you like these podcasts. If you do, subscribe and keep listening every week. We love comments too. And do share and tell others and check out our resources on our growinternational.org website. Extinction Rebellion is bringing political attention to climate change, again. Now, I don't like the disruption of daily life any more than anyone else, but I support them. Sometimes it needs demonstrations to get the attention of politicians. Although the recent example with Brexit, second vote isn't really working, but that's another subject. The issue of climate change is not new, of course. 40 years ago, back in 1979, I got a job with an American computer company called Control Data and was given an eight-week project to determine what to do about energy wastage. Bill Norris, the CEO, who had insight way ahead of his time or the rest of US business, uh, was convinced that the world was coming to an end. Well, maybe not to an end, but he knew something needed to be done and he was prepared to put his company's money where his mouth was. Now, I knew nothing about energy at the time, and so I bought books and quickly learned that uh, at then current usage levels, there were only 25 years or so of natural gas and uranium left. Um, So there was no obvious source of energy after that. Coal was already a no-no. The effect of CO2 on the ozone layer was already recognised. The only solution was to save it. Well, I won't give you the long story now, but that short project led to me spending most of my career in energy and environmental management. I and my teams work mostly with big multinational companies playing a small part in their mission to reduce energy consumption and clean up their environmental impact. Over the years, the drivers mutated from simply saving money by eliminating energy wastage to genuine environmental concerns. I have huge respect for the thousands of committed individuals that I met in some of the world's biggest companies all working to do whatever they could to achieve those improvements and with them to better the future of our planet. I witnessed and often supported their struggles with their management and boards of directors who are naturally always going to put cost savings and efficiency improvements first. I was humbled by the enthusiasm of the people I hired in many countries and who worked so hard to help those big businesses. Fortunately, we working together with the companies we served found ways to achieve both. I'm no longer involved in that, but those people go on endeavoring and succeeding every day. So in my opinion, the blame for the continuing deterioration of the environment doesn't lie with big business. It lies with governments. They're the only ones who can make major infrastructure changes that we need in order to achieve big scale reductions 
and more importantly, legislate for what their own populations should do as individuals. Now, although I support Extinction Rebellion for their actions, frankly, the UK is really a minor concern. When it comes to emissions, CO2, particulates or any other kind, the big polluters are the USA, India and China. Even Australia, which has just 30% of the population of the UK, has higher CO2 emissions than the UK. Now, in the USA, an awful lot of people do care, but those in power, frankly, really don't, or at least they don't seem to. They deny climate change. They just want to get richer. You know, as I get older, I get increasingly targeted by advisors telling me that I need to be planning my inheritance. Um, frankly, you know, um, I think that the political leaders in the USA and most other countries for that matter already have enough wealth to last them the rest of their lives. It doesn't really make sense to me that they need to build additional stupidly high levels of wealth to leave to their descendants if those descendants aren't going to live to benefit. So without mass mobilization of the population, extinction rebellion on a huge scale, I really don't see it changing. Instead, it'll probably take a new government and a real, real catastrophe to wake up a change in the USA. I have to give some credit to China. They're actually doing something about their dependence on coal and reducing their emissions. China is the only country on earth where dramatic change can happen really quickly. Mostly we in the West are worried about changes that are risky to us. So good ones like this get overlooked. And India, however, and other developing countries got a get out in the major climate change treaties, the Kyoto and Paris ones, and were allowed to continue their high levels of emissions because they were developing. In my opinion, frankly, that's crazy. It's a big country with a huge population and they shouldn't be allowed to pollute the rest of the world. Rather than allowing them to go slow, in my opinion, they should be obliged to achieve results quickly. Perhaps that means that other wealthier countries need to be forced to subsidize the poorer ones. Though perhaps not India, it's true they have a huge poverty problem, but they also spend extraordinary amounts on defense and entering the space race, which in itself is a bit of a polluter. When it comes to something physical like plastic pollution, it's again, in my opinion, Asia where the attention needs to be directed. Yeah, we all see the heartbreaking news about dolphins, whales and albatrosses dying from ingesting plastic and David Attenborough wading through a sea of plastic bottles. But I don't believe most of those bottles don't actually come from Europe or the USA. We're getting pretty good at recycling and reducing the use of plastic bags. We need to do more, but we've got to a point of clutching at straws, plastic straws that is, and replacing them with paper. But in Asia, that's not the case. Wherever I go in Asia, India, Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar, I see piles of plastic bottles and bags left rotting, or rather not rotting, on street corners, in rivers and lakes. From what I can see, nobody's doing anything to change it. More than half the world's population live in that region. 
and their attitude to waste needs changing and changing fast. That's definitely a job for government, although I realise it may prove a Herculean task to educate billions of people. So my challenge to Extinction Rebellion or any other movement is to find ways of getting action taken in that part of the world. However good we get in the West, and we do definitely need to get better, we don't represent the bulk of the issue. To get the bang for the buck, action needs to be taken in Asia. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and this podcast. I really welcome your comments and also suggestions for future conversations. We post new content every week, so please do click on the subscribe button and follow this, the Growth Through International Expansion podcast. You can also find the transcript, other articles, and detailed resources relating to this episode on our website, growinternational.org. There, you can also join as a member for future updates and find all our other articles, videos, and podcasts, and benefit from other features, including free consultations and independent online advice. Again, that's www.growinternational.org. Until next time, this is Oliver Dowson, wishing you success and reminding you that international expansion may be easier than you may think. Mm-hmm.